0: Hello everyone and welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Justin, and I'm here with my other host, Tyler. Hello again, vinyl heads. We're back here again to do another episode. An exciting episode. But that's what you say every time, let's I be honest. Know, but this one's different. But we're lucky because, truthfully, this is a labor of love and mm-hmm. we just like listening to music. To sit down and listen to a little music and then give our uneducated opinions on it, I guess... I will be honest with you in giving you my opinion. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. You might not like it. And we're going to do a band this time that, unfortunately, I think the test of time hasn't stood well for them. I think a lot of... I'm sure there's still a lot of people that listen to Spirit out there, Mm -hmm. but they're certainly not getting a lot of radio play, and they didn't survive the test of time as some of the other 70s and 60s bands did. No, these guys really sound like
1: a, a 70s band, though. I mean, th- these guys sound very mainstream 70s. I,
0: I think they had some mainstream yeah. stuff. I mean, there's no doubt about it. One of their most famous songs, I Got a Line on You. I, I think I've heard that one played on the radio and maybe Nature's Way that's on this album. I've probably heard them on the radio before, mm-hmm. but it's not very frequent. But they do have a lot of different stuff, too. If you want, If you want to go yeah. to a band that's... Got a variety. This is a good band to do it with. I think if you're looking for new music and you certainly enjoy the sounds of the 60s and 70s, this is a band you ought to check out. This is a really good album to start with if you're looking for a lot of
1: variety as well, because it's kind of all over the place.
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's going to be people out there listening to this that know Spirit mm-hmm. really well and think this is their yeah. best album and one of the best albums of all time in some ways. And There's going to be other people saying who the hell's Spirit Hopefully, because I really enjoy Spirit, especially their first five albums.
1: Uh, if you look up the album cover art, you won't get a good idea for who
0: is Spirit. No, but it, it does give you a good idea that it's from the late '60s, early yeah. '70s. Yeah, and this this album, this whole album, sounds exactly like the album
1: cover looks like.
0: If yeah, that's that a, that's a good way to put yeah. it. So, let me give you a little history about the band Spirit. So, they're actually a American band formed in Los Angeles in 1967. They're an American band. That's a different band, but but they still are an American band. They're just Mm -hmm. not that American band. So their original lineup consisted of Jay Ferguson. He was on vocals and keyboards. Randy California, who was on guitars, bass sometimes, and backup vocals. John Locke played keyboards. Mark Andes, who played bass and some backup vocals. And Ed Cassidy, who played drums. And it's kind of interesting because Randy California, you know, he's an amazing guitar player and gets overlooked, I think, by a lot of people. Most mm-hmm. people aren't even going to know his name, but he actually played with Jimi Hendrix uh, in one G- in one of Jimi's first bands, Jimmy James and the Blue Flames. He's an excellent guitar player, as you'll see in this album and even mm-hmm. more so in some of the other albums. The other thing about it, Ed Cassidy, the drummer, who we'll get mm-hmm. into, he was quite a bit older than the rest of the band. he come from a jazz background, and so it's kind of neat getting these young musicians together with an older guy because he was 20 years older than the rest of them. Yeah, like playing with their dad. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> strange. You know, and they were originally named Spirit Rebellious, but they soon dropped the rebellious part off the name just because it was a little too long. And like I said, their ages ranged. When they formed in 1967... The Youngest was sixteen, and Ed Cassidy was forty-four. So that's a pretty, oh, just a kid himself. Yeah, okay. just a kid. <laughs> you know, so they ranged quite a bit in age. Overall, though, the band Spirit released fourteen studio albums from nineteen sixty-eight to nineteen ninety-six. They also released one soundtrack, fifteen live albums, and eight compilations. I always get a kick out of mm-hmm. at least this band doesn't have more compilations than they have albums. Right? That's very true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you see that a lot with some of the bands, but. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of interesting. They're mainly known for their first four albums, mm-hmm. which were their, their first album, their debut album was Self Titled Spirit. Then they had The Family That Plays Together, Clear, mm-hmm. and the one we're reviewing today, 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus. My history started with Spirit with my dad. He had the Clear album. In fact, oh. I own his copy of that album now. I got into it big time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really enjoyed the music. I got into Spirit pretty early. I guess I need to hear
1: clear because, I mean, I could see myself getting into this band.
0: They're a good band. I I think it's kind of a shame that a lot of bands like this, we've talked about it before, they don't stand the test of time like some of the others. I mean, this band didn't have the popularity of the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin or some of those bands, or even the popularity of, say, Grand Funk Railroad, right? But you get bands like these guys and 10 years after, and it's just a shame that they don't really... Survive. You know they yeah. may have one or two songs that radio play here and there, but mm-hmm. but their catalog is really what you need to dive into if you want to hear some good music. I haven't heard any of these songs. This
1: was completely out of left field for me tonight.
0: Yeah, when you showed up today, I told you. I said I guarantee you haven't heard any song off this and album. You were right. So their highest charting album was actually their second released album, which was The Family That Plays Together. It actually hit number 22 in the US. Although the album we're reviewing tonight, 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus, it was definitely more popular and sold more. It didn't chart quite as high, but it's it's held up better and it's sold more copies. Uh, they did have 11 albums, between 1968 and 1977 that all charted. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. none of them super high, but they all did hit the charts. You know, they were a really popular band in the 1970s, but just once again, it's somehow this music's been forgotten. And I know there's the diehards out there that really dig into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking to them. I'm talking more popular culture. But once again, if you're looking, if you'd like, 60s and 70s rock and roll and music mm-hmm. in general from that era. This, this is a band to check out. Yeah, this album really
1: sounds like the 70s.
0: Yeah, it's a good album. Mm-hmm. They released eight singles as all in their time. I got a line on you was their top single in the US and it reached number 25 here in the US and number 28 in Canada. Okay. So that's their highest charting single. And it's not a bad song, but and and that's one that I had heard first, one of the first ones I heard, you know, after hearing the album clear. It's a good gateway song. It's probably the one you're going to hear on the radio if you do hear one on the radio. Their catalog is much deeper than that and better to dig into. I'm curious now if I've heard that song. Well, you heard it about five minutes ago because I played it for you. Oh, that was that one? Yeah. Okay. So you've heard it now. I have now. So, you know, they've been described as straight rock and roll, jazz, blues, psychedelic, pop, folk rock, blues rock, and even progressive rock. I think it's kind of hard to categorize them, but I think you could put all of that into them. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're everything. And I've never really liked the classifications anyways, because if it's good music, it's good music. Who really cares what it's categorized in? You know, if somebody comes along yeah. and says, I don't like prog rock or I don't like blues rock or whatever. I mean, they have songs, some that are and some that aren't. They're just all over the board. There's some bands that just really know how to put it together. And some bands, not so much. And it's just the way it worked, I guess. And I think these guys put it together just fine. So the album we're reviewing tonight, The Twelve Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus, it was actually their fourth album, and it was actually the last album with their original lineup of members. Because Ed Cassidy retired? Something happened. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, just like any other band from that time, I mean, he's not that much older
1: than I am right now.
0: Like any band of that time, they eventually broke up. Different members left, started other groups, and they've been back and forth, had many reunions and things like that. But Randy California did die in Hawaii. He was actually surfing and drowned in 1997. Oh, well, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, and then John Locke died in 2006 from lymphoma, and uh, Cassidy died in 2012. I'm not sure what he died from. Probably old age because he was yeah. the oldest one. but. <laughs> And they've been a little more popular recently in, you know, if anybody's heard about the Led Zeppelin lawsuit over Stairway to Heaven, their song Taurus is the song that supposedly Led Zeppelin stole the Stairway to Intro off of. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to it, you can certainly see the, the similarities. And there's a couple other things like... Led Zeppelin actually opened for Spirit on a tour. And so they did hear that song get played. You know, they were fully aware of that song. So I don't know if it's so much stolen or just inspired. You know, I I think Jimmy. It's definitely definitely reminiscent. (laughs) Well, Jimmy Page was well known for so called lifting songs and Mm -hmm. pieces from songs and not crediting other artists, especially a lot of the blues songs. And Led Zeppelin certainly made it their own, but it would have probably been. Better if he would have at least given credit where it was yeah. due. Although it's not an exact ripoff, it's pretty pretty similar. Oh, it's pretty. It's, it's a ripoff for now, sure. And now as far as the songs go, the songs are nothing alike. We're just talking the intro yeah. as opposed to the intro, yeah. right? So do you want to get to the album? Absolutely. And now it's time for the album review. Okay, well, before we spin the record, why don't we go into a couple details about the 12 dreams of Dr. Sardonicus? Okay. Fourth studio album by Spirit, right? It was released on November 27th of 1970. It was produced by David Briggs, and David Briggs had produced a lot of artists, uh, Mm -hmm. Alice Cooper, Neil Young, Willie Nelson, to name a a few popular ones. I think we've seen his name on this podcast before. I think we have, Yeah. yeah. I looked and looked, but I could not see anywhere that stated where this album was recorded, but I assume it was recorded in LA somewhere. Uh, Just because that's where the band was from, but it may not have been. But I couldn't find where it was recorded. Information lost to history. It could be. And this album, you know, like we were talking earlier, it brings together a wide range of rock. Psychedelia, if you want to call it. Jazz, pop, prog rock, everything. It kind of brings it all together. And I just like to call it good music. This has a
1: very heavy jazz influence in it. It does. And
0: I guess that comes...
1: I don't see as much of a blues influence like we have with some other bands, but heavy jazz influence
0: on No, this and, and they do have some blues influences in their earlier albums, definitely mm-hmm. more than yeah. this. This is kind of mixing it up a little bit, I think. Ed Cassidy had played jazz music for a lo- long time, so maybe mm-hmm. he brought that into the band. I don't know. So, 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus. It peaked at number 63 on the Billboard Top 200 and number 49 in Canada so it didn't do super well, but I think this is one album that's kind of known in the underground as a really excellent album. Most people consider it their best work. It sold over a million copies. It was certified gold by the RIAA. It was the only album that they achieved this with. And that that's, you know, we've been talking to a lot of bands mm-hmm. that are platinum and multi-platinum, and we talked about Carol King having a Diamond album, you know. Yeah. And once again, just because the album sells doesn't mean it's good. And just because it's good doesn't mean it sells. And that that's the thing about music is it, it's unfortunately, it's kind of political in a lot of ways too, mm-hmm. you know, is the music industry.
1: I think that this album's an excellent work of art. The way that they're like labeling it, the theme that runs throughout it, it feels like you're listening to a soundtrack for dreams, different dreams of whoever Dr. Sardonicus is.
0: Yeah, and I put this on here because this is a thing, a growing theme that you hear Mm -hmm. with a lot of albums. Is this a concept album or not? What really is a concept album? Because I think, you know, there's certainly albums out there that just have a bunch of songs thrown together that have nothing to do with each other. This album, whether it does or not, it feels like everything's put together and it's it's one theme throughout. And it, and it may or may not be, but it feels that way because there's a lot of songs about love and nature and dreaming and feels like it should yeah. be a concept album. And I think what also makes it feel that way is most of the songs fade into the next song. That's very true. Have you
1: ever, heard, like, woken up from one dream and then gone back
0: to sleep and you have a
1: completely different dream I have yeah yeah I think all of us have at some point or another that's what this album feels like you keep waking up and going back to sleep and having something different
0: yeah and I think you got to put yourself in the shoes Mm -hmm. at the time too you know everybody was trying to invent new music you know The, Mm -hmm. the rock and roll was great and it had been around but everybody was trying to create psychedelic sounds or new sounds in general and that's something we got to remember you know and this is a interesting album so at the time this was recorded you had jay ferguson as the vocals and keyboards he was 23 years old randy california he was only 19 dude and he was you know guitars and vocals and some bass john locke was 21 mark andes who played bass I don't know how old he was. I didn't write that down for some yeah. reason, but uh, I think he was like twenty twenty one. And then we'll Ed, assume as much. Yeah, and then Ed Cassidy, who uh, played drums, was forty seven, practically in a wheelchair. Yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our age. Yeah, our age. Yeah. yeah, you know, this album was released in nineteen seventy, obviously, but there was a reissue in nineteen ninety six that was remixed and has some bonus tracks. And I did listen to the remixed version once the other day. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can say about that is it is mixed louder than this a little bit. Like, everything's just louder. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to really have a different mix with vocals <laughs> or instruments brought forward. It's just a louder mix. They just cranked
1: up the volume. Yeah, and it's
0: got <laughs> some bonus tracks on it. But So when we talk about the album cover, it's a gatefold cover. It basically features a distorted, funhouse, mirror-looking mm-hmm. deal picture of the band, right? Yeah, you, there's and you,
1: a little waviness to it, right?
0: Yeah, it's completely <laughs> psychedelic. You can't really tell what members which, and I'm sure other people could tell us, but it's hard to really tell because they've got all the long, stretchy faces and goofy colors, and it's an acid trip of an album cover. Yeah, and, and you can't even distinguish the Ed
1: Cassidy, you can't even see wrinkles, you know, because it's all distorted.
0: Yeah, because he should be pretty wrinkled up at 47, right? Is that yeah, what you're saying? That, yeah, I mean, we are. We, he'd probably been in the war. It could have been. The Great War. So, do you want to get to this album? Now let's spin the record. Let's spin the record now. Side One. Okay, so opening up Side One, the first song, Prelude, Nothing to Hide. This is a song written by Randy California and sang by both Randy California and Jay Ferguson. And most of the songs are sang by Jay Ferguson with Randy is the backup on them. What were your thoughts on this song?
1: I really like the mellow opening that it has. It's real soft, and then after the opening, it starts
0: to get a little jazzy, and it picks up. Yeah, the, the intro is good <clears throat> finger-picking on the acoustic guitar, and yeah. that's the first thing you'll probably hear me say this throughout is Randy California, I think, is very underrated as a guitar player. He's a very talented person. I,
1: I'm amazed at like the writing here. It seems like Randy California is credited to writing most of this.
0: Um, Him and Jay Ferguson, kind yeah. of both. Yeah, I, I think they're about equal on this yeah, album. See Jay,
1: yeah, I see Jay Ferguson's uh, name on there a lot, too. But
0: now, this got some kind yeah. of interesting lyric in it. Uh, we're married to the same <laughs> bride. Yeah. She eats away from the inside. So I don't really know what this refers to. I mean, you're saying nothing to hide. I, I don't know why these two guys have the same bride. They have pants. Yeah, they yeah. have pants too. It's, it's just kind of got funny lyrics and yeah, it's it's a little
1: weird. It's kind of a wild ride. This song.
0: Yeah, but it's got you know it's got a really good guitar <laughs> solo in it. I like when it slows down towards the end. It's got then it kicks into some little guitar accents and then kicks back speeds mm-hmm. back up and it's got some good slide guitar at the end of the song too that I like as well. Sure does. There's a few songs as we get deeper into this where I think they kind of missed a little bit of having Mm -hmm. they should have put more randy california in them
1: yeah for sure
0: but the ones that have him in here featured are excellent songs so i thought Mm -hmm. this was a pretty good way to open the album it's a good strong opening it throws that like curveball
1: at you that this isn't what it seems uh, because it starts off with that whole mellow acoustic intro and then all of a sudden it picks up
0: yeah and the lyrics are dripping in either i don't know if they're satirical or if they're actual actually literal but they're 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 really funny i'd suggest Mm -hmm. you go out and read the lyrics because they're interesting
1: and this song really sets that tone of you feel like you're in a dream because it feels like the kind of dream that you have after eating cherry chip ice cream yeah with acid in it have you ever like eaten cherry chip ice cream before i don't believe so you don't okay before going to bed, you have really messed up dreams afterwards. My Just wife because and of I discovered ice cream, this. Huh? Yeah, Cher- specifically cherry chip ice cream. Hmm. Maybe
0: a lot of these yeah, bands like, go in get the some 16, cherry 70s were on ice cream. Okay, so that moves us to song two, which is probably either song two or three are probably the most recognizable songs off this album. But then again, I don't know if they really are. They they are to me, and they were singles, so. It's Nature's Way. This song was written by Randy California and sang by Randy California. It was inspired by a conversation that Randy apparently had with some San Francisco musician. And it it basically takes aim at Northern California or California in general, and saying they're not immune to ecological problems, hmm. so it's kind of the beginning. Would you call tree hugger song? Yeah, I would say so. Environmentalist but, song, not to offend yeah, anyone. Um, environmental awareness. Sure. Yeah. In. That wasn't a real popular thing back then, you know. You've seen it Mm -hmm. with Jim Morrison a little bit on, like, when the music's over, but it wasn't a real common thing, you know. And this was released as a single, had Mr. Skin as the B-side. It only reached... One hundred and eleven. Not excellent. It's pretty good song. That that sounds about like what I would expect it. So, what did you think of this song? It was
1: it was a good song. I I like the message that he's uh, trying to convey there. It, It it inspired me to do some thinking during the song so like you know it's got the acoustic guitar it keeps it really pure and uh,
0: earthy yeah Um, it's got it's got an excellent acoustic intro to it and then it's got little tiny electric licks in Mm -hmm. the background that they're kind of hard to hear if you're listening on headphones you can hear them pretty well but listening to them right on the turntable are a little tough to hear yeah and
1: then it it goes uh let's see to that drum outro
0: followed by a
1: a cough and muddled noises
0: yeah that's right at the very end yeah Yeah.
1: and which you know kind of transitions but i really like the message of it that you know it, it got me thinking okay nature's way of telling you something's wrong well what what does that look like? And usually, you get plants turn yellow and die. See streams dry up. You know, th- there's different symptoms that you're looking for when nature tells you something's wrong.
0: Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder what he was referring to, you know. But I think, mm-hmm. I think this song is stronger in the lyrics than it is in the music. To yeah. be honest, you know, and in the meaning, it does have some good harmonies during the chorus. I didn't really pick up drums in this song at all. No, not, not till the end. The song really paces along. Kind mm-hmm. of, for me, like a ticking clock, the way it goes. That and really then, does. And then, like you said, at the end, you have a little bit of drum right at the end, and then the coughing, and it fades straight into the next song, Animal Zoo. Yeah, the coughing was not me this time. No, it wasn't. So, Animal Zoo, written by Jay Ferguson and also sang by Jay Ferguson. Now, this, mm-hmm. this is a good-paced song. It's basically about... It was written about comparing the simple life of animals to mm. our so-called civilized human exactly. society, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're so civilized. This one was released as a single in the U.S., and it did moderately better than Nature's Way. It hit number 97. So what, what are your thoughts on this song? This is a, a song
1: that tackles a concept that I've really pondered a lot, is do animals, uh, specifically like animals in nature... But also do domestic animals like our pets, do they live a better life or do we live a a better life uh, because we have more abilities to, to travel more, see different things. But also that comes with the responsibility of finding our own food. Animals out in nature have the responsibility of finding their own food every day, but they also have an added responsibility of not getting murdered by something trying
0: to make a meal out of it. This is why I'm not a lyric guy. I didn't even go into, like, the lyrics. <laughs> I know, but this is why I'm not a lyric guy is because you dive deep into these lyrics and the meanings. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes don't take everything to be literal. I just mm-hmm. I just think this is the way I take it is it. Is mm-hmm. it? Humans are kind of living like animals, even though they're smart enough not to, you know, and that that's kind of yeah. the way I take it. As far as the music, it's got a really good piano solo in it, and it's got a good little short guitar solo in and it. And a tambourine. It does. I love that
1: tambourine. Oh, was it a harmonica or a
0: synth- synthesizer going in there? I, I believe it could have been a keyboard.
1: Yeah, because it, it sounded like a harmonica, but then it had like a little bit more... Of a keyboard.
0: Yeah, I think it was a keyboard. Yeah. I didn't read anything about any harmonicas on there, but it's kind of hard to tell, you know. It's got good bass in this song. I really like the bass in this song, and it's actually got even a small bass solo towards the end. This is a pretty good song. I I like, I do like the meaning of it. I really do. I like. Mm-hmm. I think the lyrics are good. I think the song's good. I think it's really good paced. You know, mm-hmm. the first two songs were a little slower and not so much this and kicks it up, and it was, it was a little more rocky. Yeah, well, it was. This
1: is a, a this is definitely a rock and roll song. The outro of it, it, it gets interesting because then it goes into singing and around, and then that just kind of reminds me of the busyness of civilized living in civilized society. But I love the uh, the the line in this one. Much too fat and a little too long.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he keeps repeating that, which is oh, really fun. Yep. You, you kept giving me the eye every time he said that. So, <laughs> and I don't know as far as lyrics go, much too fat and a little too long. What that refers to when he's talking about animals and humans and um, maybe it was the Nixon administration. Could have been. So this song again, you know, and let me say this because I've stated it before. I don't really like songs that fade much. But I don't mind songs that fade into the next song. Yeah. I don't mind that because it kind of keeps it going theme. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know when to turn your notes because you didn't I have no idea. You didn't got, know the other song had started. In, in fact, well, let's see. It's it's over on side two where I actually got lost. Yes, you did. I and I watched you get lost. Yeah. Man. This brings us to the next song that fades into Love Has Found a Way. This is a song written by Randy California and John Locke, sang by Jay Ferguson. This opens up And continues throughout the whole song with like a backwards tape loop. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wrote down, this sounds like the music is being played backwards. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of some Mm -hmm. of the things that Beatles did, like on Rain and some of those things. Yeah, playing around with noise, right? Yeah. You know, and this song apparently is about, you know, bringing yourself out of the depths of Mm -hmm. life, you know, instead of doing something that could be harmful or wrong to yourself or or something like that. You know, that's the way I take it. I'll be honest with you on this song. I'll get your feelings on it in a minute. I like the backwards tape, but it didn't fit in. kind of seems like a show tune. I didn't really pick out any, you know, good guitar or guitar at all, There was a little bass in it, but it was really hard to pick out and hardly no drums. It's kind of a kaleidoscope of sounds. It had some good harmonies in it, but I think the harmonies are about the only thing I really liked about this song. Other than that, this song wasn't much for me.
1: We didn't do enough LSD before this song. That must have been it. Because this song is an acid trip, and it sounds like an acoustic acid trip. It's really a, a real psychedelic song.
0: Yeah, and I, I didn't take it that way because I like psychedelic songs. I, I thought this was just a poor song. Do you have anything else to say about this song? No, and that's uh, that's kind of the thing. is It's a skippable, forgettable song. So this one again fades into the next song, Why Can't I Be Free? This is another song written by Randy California and sang by Jay Ferguson. This is actually the shortest song on the album. It's just barely over a minute long. Basically about a long time love. And the urging to be free from them in some sort. I don't know if that's because they want to be away or he wants to be away or whatever. It's got a simple acoustic sound to it yeah. that runs throughout. That's pretty decent. But then they bring in the electric guitar later as well, just a little bit, just a little bit. I do like the vocal in it. This is a pretty short song too, so yeah. this one's really tough to rate as a song because barely over a minute. I don't know that this. We talked about that on some stuff we did with CCR last week. Is that some of these would be better as an intro to another song or something, mm-hmm. you know, as an instrumental. This, this to me, is just kind of album filler, but even at that, it's not much filler because it's only a minute.
1: Yeah, this song gets referenced later on. There's a, a callback to it from side two. I, I, I agree with you. This could have been the introduction to that song that refers to it later.
0: Yeah, they should have merged those yeah. somehow. Yeah. This just... To have a one-minute song, you know, it's one thing if it's just a little short instrumental, but this had lyrics mm-hmm. to it. Just kind of strange to me.
1: To be mourning the inability to be free to go and find adventure or romance or whatever because you're stuck in a, in a relationship, you know, sometimes that's how you know it's time to move on is when you start singing about stuff like that.
0: So let's move on to the last song on side one, Mr. Skin. Now, this is an interesting song. It was written and sang by Jay Ferguson. The vocals actually do alternate a little bit between Ferguson, California, and Andes. They all kind of sing, but the main vocalist is Jay Ferguson. Jay Ferguson has been up front and said he wrote this song to pay homage to the band Traffic, which is a fairly well-known late 60s, 70s band. This was released as a single. It was the B-side to Nature's Way, and it reached 92. So this actually reached Higher is the B-side than Nature's Way did. It was written as a character sketch, basically, of their old-ass drummer, Ed Cassidy, <laughs> who was bald. He was completely bald. Yeah, like you, but yeah. not because of old age. And he was well-known for wearing all black, too, mm-hmm. funny enough. Apparently, Ferguson walked in on Cassidy in a hotel room. He was in a situation with a girl. And I guess all well he's seen... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about the best way I can put it. And all he's seen was his bald head moving around. You know, so that's where he got Mr. Skin. So I don't know if he's seeing his bald head moving up and down or back and forth or whatever it was doing. But Better than just, you know, seeing his old
1: ball sack <laughs> hanging down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Skin. You know. So what do you think of this song? You know, this is this, a this, uh, fun song. Um, I like the, the use of instruments. They've got horns in there. I think trumpets I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds kind of like a circus. Then they bring out the sexy phone. I love that sexy phone the as far as the the singing they had this really cool part where it crescendos out to a scream and then like dies down into singing a lot of you know la 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 and oh yeah. oh oh yeah i think that the horns that they brought into this song really mixed well with the rock and roll and i was i was a little surprised by that how well it
0: it mixed. So I thought the keyboard intro opening to the song was excellent. I mm-hmm. really like it and then the horns kick in What I really enjoyed about this song is that it's got a pretty heavy, prominent bass line in it, and I really Mm -hmm. like that. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum with you. I didn't really like the horns in this. I like this song. I really like this song, but I think it would have done better with the horns replaced with some good guitar from Randy. I I really think that would have fit in because it's a pretty heavy-moving song. That's fair. And it's got a pretty heavy bass line, and to hear kind of a lack of guitar in it and heavy horns. I thought it mixed well, and that's one thing I can say about all the songs on this album. They're really mixed well. We've talked yeah. we've talked before about how the vocals in the background, or you know, the guitar is too far in the background. The one thing on this album is the vocals are mixed really well, and you can hear them.
1: Their sound engineers doing a really good job. Yeah,
0: he did an excellent job, and we're listening to the original version of it. And I've listened to the newer version, and it I actually prefer the original because it's not mixed quite as loud i'd like the lyrics in this mr skin you know where you've been (laughs) i I mean it's i think it's pretty literal but kind of shrouded at the same time you know
1: they're having fun poking fun at mr skin
0: and once again, this is a really good song. It's got a horn solo right in the middle mm-hmm. of it. They do an excellent job of it. It's mixed excellent. Mm-hmm. I just think a good guitar solo, when you've got a guitar player like Randy California, yeah. I don't know why he's left out of this mix.
1: Yeah, showcase the, the electric guitar. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's a rock and roll thing. You don't need to go into orchestra, band, and well, even if it's mixed with the horns, the calliope you know? and whatever it is, they have.
0: Yeah, but it but it's a good song, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wish it would have had a little more prominent guitar in it. So that sure. that finishes out side one. Are you ready to turn the record to side two? Flip it over. Side two. Okay, so side two opens with Space Child. This is a completely instrumental song written <clears throat> by John Locke. It's really, really similar. I made this note to what I've heard from a lot of the Moody Blues songs. It's it's got a piano intro, which isn't too bad. It's got a pretty piano intro with little guitar accents in the background. It's got jazzy keyboards in it. It's just a really strange mix of jazz rock and progressive rock if you want to call it that Mm -hmm. the piano is great throughout but it does it's got such a different sound to it but it's not bad you know it does really mix well everything together this is the one where you got lost because it has a false ending on it where it gets really (laughs) slow basically goes silent for a few seconds and then it cuts back into the intro again it's got a thick bass feeling in it but it's it's simple bass but it's thick and it is you know they called it space child and it does kind of have that spacey feeling especially towards oh, it, the end
1: yeah it's and the fact that it's like space child but if it sounds like a space child I, I i don't know a better way to title this this track it's
0: great what, yeah, so what did you think of the instrumentation on it then? Um, Since that's all you can comment on, because you don't have lyrics on this one. To yeah, there was no on. lyrics. But I, I
1: gotta say that even though it's flipped over to side two, it still blends from side one over to side two. I mean, it, it, it's almost like a seamless transition from blending one song. For, for even the the weird uh, Mr. Skin going into this, it's so strange, but it, they blend right into it. And then this one, there there's... They've got that jazz piano going, or the synthesizer as well, the drums. And then it ends with this, like, low piano note. Like, boom. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing at the end. But yeah, you're right. I did get lost here. I thought, oh, another short song. But I see why. You don't want to overdo it when it's just instrumental in the second. Wait a second there. No, this isn't as short as I
0: thought it was. It was a false stop. Yeah, it was a false ending. Because <laughs> but- they stopped. Right in the middle. It does pretty much come to a complete stop, and then it kicks back in the intro again. But -hmm. this song fades into the next song. When I Touch You. Now, this is another song written and sang by Jay Ferguson. This is the longest song on the album, just barely over five and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that refers, that you were saying, that refers back to Why Can't I Be Free. Basically, to me, it's just a simple love song. It may or may not be. It's hard hard to say. This is a really good song to me. This song mm-hmm. rocks the hardest on the whole album. I'll tell you, the guitar intro to this thing is amazing to me. I like that on this song. This metal is, guitar. Yeah, it's... It's mildly distorted, not mm-hmm. not too heavy, not no, no, but not it, too heavily distorted, yeah. but it is
1: distorted. Mm-hmm. But it's heavy hard rock guitar, yeah.
0: yeah. And the bass has got a good heavy sound to it yeah. throughout the song. It, it's pretty much a straight rocker. It's got good vocals
1: yeah. and and a good drum line.
0: It does have a good drum line. In fact, mm-hmm. this song I thought was the best instrumentally on this on the album. Sure, and the heaviest, which is kind of the. Type of music I tend to lean towards is more guitar-driven rock. Yeah. Obviously, the guitar throughout this whole thing is amazing. It has it kind of slows down a little towards the end, then it has a build-up, builds and builds and builds. That has awesome bass, and it goes into a, just an amazing guitar solo. I, I like everything about this song. All the instruments are featured heavily. the The vocals are excellent. There's nothing I don't like about this song. What's your thoughts on it?
1: I think that spirit makes it, spirit as a band has a really interesting view of love and relationships because i mean this is a song that's it, it it's a love song but it's also a song that, that that's about heartbreak like when a uh, love is over when it's passed and I'm, I'm not going to see you anymore when i touch you and then when i touch you it causes me physical pain is what this song is saying. And that message comes through very clear that with the instruments, the heaviness of it, the hard rock of it, the guitar just stabs like the pangs of a heartbreak. And then it's echoed is the, The vocals scream. It's great.
0: Yeah, and when I say it's a simple love song, I you can see my note there. I put possibly a simple love song because, Mm -hmm. and then I put on my notes. But is he losing her with a question mark? I won't because he says I won't see you anymore. But then he Mm -hmm. also talks about how he's with her. So. It's almost like he needs to break up with her because something's not good.
1: That hes Is he torturing himself to try and prolong this relationship, to try and fake it till he makes it? Yeah, and that's what I don't know. Just but for her, her sake? I don't know.
0: But the good thing for me is I don't really care about the lyrics because yeah. this is an awesome song. It is. So they can mean whatever they want. Yeah,
1: I, I'm okay with that too. Because this is a great song,
0: so let's move to the next song, "Street Worm." And this one actually doesn't fade into this song. This is another song written and sang by Jay Ferguson. It's got serious funky drum and piano throughout. It's written about a man who's content living in the streets, seeking romance or love in the streets. (laughs) So, (laughs) I've
1: known a few of these people. I've seen a few of these people. (laughs) Seems like they always uh, these kinds of people always seem to find love with someone that someone who doesn't have many teeth they have stringy <laughs> hair and blotchy skin
0: <laughs> yeah so this song has got another piano intro they do a lot of piano interesting Really good heavy guitar solo though. It does have it's not as long as it should be, but it no. is a good guitar solo. Following the verses, he has little guitar licks that I mm-hmm. really like. They're they're mixed in perfectly once yeah. again. You know, this this is a good song. I like you said the guitar solo mm-hmm. in the middle is amazing. It just needs to be longer.
1: Yeah, their mixing
0: engineer really knows what he's doing. And I like the ending of the song. This is this is about a middle of the road song for me. Mm-hmm. It was upbeat, it you know, mixed well, it sounds mm-hmm. good, the vocals are good. All the instruments are pretty much, they're represented well in it. I, mm-hmm. This isn't my favorite song. Not my least favorite by any means. It's a, it's a good mm-hmm. album song, and that's what it is. So, And here's where I got lost.
1: <laughs> Again? <laughs> Again. This one I couldn't, because there's no, everything transitions. Everything blends together, except for between uh, When I Touch You and Street Worm. There's a clear break there, but there's no break between "Street Worm" and "Life Has Just Begun," and I don't know. I mean, the, the shortest song was about a minute, just over yeah. a minute. Do, is this the second short of a song at a minute thirty, or is this a, a normal song at two, three minutes long? There's no way of knowing for me, and I, you know, I'm not familiar with any of these songs, so I'm just like, okay, did it transition in sound to "Life Has Just Begun" or not?
0: Well, yeah, because even the ones that didn't essentially fade in and start right back up They're mm-hmm. still they still started immediately
1: when well, it started with like uh, there, there was a acoustic guitar i thought well that this isn't acoustic guitar so it must be street worm that i'm still on
0: no it, it had been life had just begun yeah. and that's when the because that song's got an amazing acoustic intro exactly and life has just begun which is the next song was written mm-hmm. by randy california and it's actually sang by california ferguson and Andy's. ferguson mm-hmm. you know takes the lead vocal and this song features serious great acoustic finger picking guitar work from randy california which really shows off his chops the piano by john Locke in this song is amazing it's about meeting a new girl and the the impact she's having on his life. And, you know, once again, amazing acoustic intro, and it's got the same finger-picking throughout, the same yeah. little tone, and it, it almost gets monotonous, but it's good. I don't know how to how to say it. Right in the middle of the song, there's a little bit of singing that sounds like it's in a megaphone or through an old radio or something.
1: Yeah, they do that uh, weird, uh, Marconi's gonna play a tune now, sort of thing. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. kind of strange. It's, you know, to me, this is just kind of a, pretty ballad love song type of thing. It's nothing stands out to me special about this song, but it's not poor either. You know, it's a good song, another good album track. What are your thoughts on it?
1: This song really feels like a dream that you have about falling in love with the, with uh, somebody because dreams where you dream about finding someone that you fall in love with or fall in love in the dream with that person It's so powerful that when you wake up, you find yourself in love with that person in waking life. Whether they're a real person that you dreamed about falling in love with or an imagined person, it's just as powerful. And uh, listening to the way that he's singing this song, new love is exciting. It's fun. It's, you know, the the future is full of possibilities together with that person. Everything about this song sends that message to me.
0: Yeah, this is kind of the polar opposite of a breakup song when life has ended for you when you've lost the one you've loved, right?
1: Mm -hmm. And this is a a love song. For being so young, Randy California really gets it. There's been some strange love songs, songs about love on this album so far, but this one's a really good love song.
0: I think that's one thing we forget about the amazing guitar playing and singing and lyric writing from Randy California is this is their fourth album and he's 19. He's started mm-hmm. with his band. He was 16. And He's a kid. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. So this song, once again, fades right into the next song, which is Morning Will Come. This song, again, is written by Randy Californian and sang by Jay Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Now, this, to me, sounds similar to their most famous hit, I Got a Line on You. It's more of an upbeat rocker with yeah. the hook to it that sounds like it should have some radio play, even though they didn't release this as a single. And this song... Really we can talk about what it's about, but it's a straight ass sexual song. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Morning will come. Now as far as far as the music in this, I love the guitar intro. Like Mm -hmm. I said, it's a good rocker throughout. I wish they would have replaced these horns on this thing again with more (laughs) guitar. I yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the horns. I'm not. They're trying to do something and I wish they would stop. (laughs) Well, you gotta like you gotta put yourself in that time though, is Everybody was trying new things. You yeah. know. This has got a good bass line throughout, and it's got an amazing guitar solo. This is one of my top songs, but I just would have replaced those horns or maybe mixed them mm-hmm. back a little bit and put the guitar over them. Other than yeah. that, there's not much I can say about this song other than it's a good upbeat rocker, and I really like it. What sure. are your thoughts?
1: I think that Randy California named his junk morning.
0: That well could be. He He was certainly in love with someone. Yeah. Now, whether that someone <laughs> knew it or not, I, mm-hmm. I turned to you when we were listening to this song. Is is he like holding this girl down, or is she holding him down? Or, that's you know, the why question. Is, yeah, it's kind of interesting, but you read the lyrics, you listen to the song, and you let us know what and you it think.
1: it doesn't feel consensual. Well, again, it does feel extremely consensual.
0: Yes, that's what's kind of funny about it when you listen to the lyrics is... It seems like it's consensual, but then it kind of seems like it's not. I'm yeah. not really sure. You know, and that's why it's not always great to read too literal <laughs> into lyrics, right? Maybe he does like to, you know, be choked a little and held down. He might be. It's hard to say. So that moves us to the last song on the album, Soldier, yeah,
1: where there's a definite transition here.
0: This one probably more than any song on the album yeah. other than between side 1 and side 2. Even mm-hmm. though when you go from side 1 to side 2 it's like you're carrying on with the same thing but there's that transition, but there is a definite break between well, this just and just cuz you have song. to flip the record over, right? Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. that's a transition cuz it takes a minute. So Soldier was written by Randy California and sang by Jay Ferguson. And this basically revisits the opening song, prelude. The, the The whole song just sounds really churchy. Yeah, it's got a heavy churchy style organ in it throughout the whole thing. It's got a really pretty subdued soft piano intro. And I think this is a good way to end the album. Not off a rocker, but just, just short and pretty. The lyrics are about three lines long. They're not very long yeah. at all. It's got a a lot of la, 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 la's in it. It's got a ton of those. The song ends with a one hit on the organ, you know, one note. Yeah. And and they've they've
1: done that before with a couple of these songs. So I guess that makes sense. But this song in and of itself doesn't really fit the rest of the album. It, it stands out like a sore thumb, I think.
0: Yeah, and I didn't think it did. I I mean, I guess it does, mm-hmm. but if you really look at any of these, they're so different than each other, in my opinion. To me, this mm-hmm. is a good way to end the album soft, like saying goodnight, kind of. And sure. that's that's kind of the way I took it more, so it fit in there. It might not have fit as well mixed in. I, but but I,
1: did, I did also write a note down here that says, well, that's how dreams are, is they don't follow a common theme. They don't. You don't necessarily have the same dream night after night after night. Things change up. Sometimes you'll have a nightmare. Sometimes you'll have, you know, something silly. I mean, I'll tell you, one of the best uh, nights of my life was when my wife woke me and herself up giggling because she was having a dream about little baby sheep, and it was really cute. And she was cooing in her sleep. It was so
0: cute. So you're ready to get to winners and losers. Yep. Winners and losers. Okay, Ty, you get to go first, like always.
1: This one is... What are your
0: three least favorite songs on this album?
1: Well, first least favorite, I'm going to go with Street Worm, just because I got lost. That one, it wasn't a bad song, and there's something about it. I really like the theme of it. I like the tone of it. I really like the workmanship of it. But the fact that I got lost, and I wasn't sure if it transitioned to Life Has Just Begun in the middle kind of drove me crazy so that's why you're
0: you're gonna blame spirit for your inadequacy yes okay fair enough also space child i'm gonna call
1: least favorite because that one just i don't know maybe it's just because it wasn't purely instrumental just i wasn't digging it myself i'm gonna go why can't i be free and i hate to give that song a least favorite but it's just because i really don't have anything written down on it like, it just didn't really inspire me
0: that much. Well, and, you know, just because a song's not your favorite doesn't mean you don't like it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's certain albums yeah. that there songs I couldn't name one that I dislike, but if I had to name three least favorites, you know. What about you for least favorite? My least favorite song was Love Is Found a Way. I mm-hmm. I didn't like it at all. It sounded like a show tune. There was no guitar, no drums, just a tiny bit of bass. I didn't like that song. I'm with you on Why Can't I Be Free. It was probably my, you know, I mean, it's one minute long. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to give it credit for that. And neither of these songs, Love Has Found a Way, I would kick off this album. I didn't like that song
1: that's a that's a fair why can't i be
0: free you know it's just filler and i enjoy it it's not bad probably my third worst album with you on that was space child and i don't mind it you know i really don't mind it it's just i thought the other songs were stronger so what are your three favorite songs on this album
1: okay so morning will come that was a fun song i really enjoyed that one also when i touch you I thought that really well captured the message in all aspects of the song. The writing, the music, everything about it. Um, And so that was going to get my uh, second favorite here. Also, Animal Zoo was uh, one of my favorites. And that's because it really inspired me to ponder that subject even more. Are we better off living in a civilized society or do the animals of the
0: wild have it better? Yeah, so mainly going for the lyric. Yeah, fair but, enough.
1: Going we'll back to your favorites.
0: So my favorite on the whole album is "When I Touch You." To me, that the heaviness of the song, which, like I've said, I tend to lean towards guitar-driven rock. I like that you can hear the drums very well in it. I like the way you can hear the bass, the guitar throughout, and the solo were just amazing. In it to me, that's the best song. The lyrics are the best. The vocals are the best. Number two would be "Animal Zoo." So we're right on there. I like the song. I like the message. I like. Pretty much everything about it. And it's probably a little bit nostalgic for me, too, because mm-hmm. I've been listening to that song for years. And then I had a tie for third place for my favorite song, and that was between Mr. Skin and Morning Will Come. I like both of those songs. All in all, it's a strong album, and it's really tough to pick. I, I think When I Touch You definitely takes my top spot, without a doubt. So, you ready to get to the album rating? Album rating. Album rating. So Tyler, out of 10, now you've listened to Spirit 12 yeah. Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus. What's your album rating? First time you've ever listened to any of these songs, yeah. listened to them once,
1: that's right. So, and this
0: you know, and that's the funny thing. We do these ratings, sometimes it takes multiple listens before you really enjoy something, true. So, this is first impression, yeah. And uh, so
1: scale of one to 10, one being I would hate this, 10 being I would, I love that. I think we've agreed that if it's a ten, I have to buy the album. Yes, so, so
0: you've definitely got to buy Carol King.
1: Yes, I do. This one, I'm. It's in the positive half, five and ten. I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give this one a seven, because uh, you know that they they've really got a good thing going. I'm really impressed by the fact that Randy California was so young. When this album was released for a kid at 19 to have that much talent and that uh, much ability to pull this kind of band together really shows uh, the kind of chops that he had. He was a very gifted guy. Is this the be all end all for me? Is this the bee's knees? Does this really scratch that itch? Mm, Not necessarily, but at the same time I had a good time. I was, uh, I was enjoying myself throughout this album. So yeah, this is a strong seven for me. Uh, What about you?
0: Well, first of all, if you rate something a 10, you have to buy it. Yeah. What does it have to rate to hit your Spotify if. playlist commonly? At least a eight. So you don't think you'll see any of these songs on your Spotify playlist?
1: Probably not. But then again, let me listen to it a few more times. Well, and so I, the- I, I could see it working its way on there. Yeah. Because there were some... I, you know me. I really like unusual songs. And this whole album, I, I like to think of it as a concept album. Or album Because it really feels like uh, they're trying to capture dreams of different types in each song.
0: Well, for me, you know, I've listened to this album for years and there's really, you know, Love is Found Away is the mm-hmm. only song I would kick off this album. I've got my favorites, but I think they do an excellent job. I'm the first one to say certain songs don't fit in on certain albums, but I think that's kind of how this album's supposed to be. It it has that feeling that everything is supposed to be a different feeling, right? Mm. And I appreciate that. I like... I like the music throughout. Even the parts, you know, I said I don't like as much the horns and things. I'm just giving you my honest opinion on them, but I still love mm-hmm. the songs, right? I give this album an eight and a half, and I do own this album. Mm-hmm. I own it on vinyl, as we just listened to. I own yeah. it on CD. I think I own even the new version, the remastered oh, version. Really? But I, I, I listen to the remastered on Spotify when I listen to the newer version, but... Yeah, I, it's an eight and a half. I, it's a strong album. For 12 songs and only having one that I would kick off and a couple that aren't great, an album of 12 songs that has eight or nine songs that are very strong and I'll mm-hmm. play over and over, and this, this hits my playlist quite frequently, and I throw the vinyl down on it quite often as well. It's, it's a strong album, and it's always going to be... A player for me which is the reason i picked it you know this sure. this wasn't a listener you know suggestion to us this week even mm-hmm. though we've got a couple waiting on the queue but mm-hmm. you know this is just now i wanted to review and i wanted you to hear yeah which was part of it as well
1: and you know uh, the uh, albums that people request are those tend to be the ones that really strike me this is yeah. th- this is an album that struck me i really enjoyed it. I had a good time with this one tonight. I really encourage our listeners to give this one a try. The 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus by Spirit. Excellent album. And, you know, I gave it a seven just because that's how it rung with me. You give it an eight and a half because that's how it rung with you. Let the listener go out there and give it your own thing and then share your thoughts with us.
0: Well, Spirit in general, you know, this is 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus. It's an amazing album, but they've got five amazing albums as yeah. far as i'm concerned and if you're looking for something new to listen to and you haven't stepped into spirit give them a try because i don't think you'll be disappointed And you may in some songs because they do have a wide range but they're an excellent band and it's just just too bad that time has kind of forgotten them
1: yeah i gotta say that this wasn't anything that made me want to pack cotton balls in my ears or anything this was a this was good easy listening
0: yeah, it's a good album. So that was Spirit, 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus. We do have a few emails that listeners have sent us in of albums they want us to review. We've been trying to get through a few of them. I think we have about six or seven, but we welcome more and more all the time. Send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. We welcome suggestions, comments, concerns, complaints, whatever you want to say about us. You know, album review suggestions are always welcome. We'd really appreciate it if you'd go out and give us a rating on Apple. It really helps our podcast.
1: I really like hearing when people enjoy the album more than we did, and they want to set us straight. Yeah, when they want to know why we yeah, didn't like it more exactly. than they we did.
0: Well, it goes both ways. We do have a couple emails that I'm going to read next week where they thought we rated it too high. We'll go over those when it comes. But, All right, you know, and
1: I like those too.
0: Me too. Reach out to us on email. Once again, it's Classic Vinyl Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram we're on Twitter. But until next time, see ya. see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast.
1: And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends. <laughs>